Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The my pillow guy. And you're looking good. I'm still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever, my pillow 2.0. When I invented my pillow, it had everything you'd ever want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. My Pillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread. My Pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of My Pillow. The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a My Pillow or not, you need to get the brand new My Pillow 2.0. Call or go to mypillow.com now. Use your promo code and for a limited time when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free. You're sleeping even better and cooler too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. Visit mypillow.com. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The my pillow guy. And you're looking good. I'm still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever. My pillow 2.0. When I invented my pillow, it had everything you'd ever want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. My Pillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread. My Pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of my pillow. The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a my pillow or not, you need to get the brand new my pillow 2.0. Call or go to mypillow.com now. Use your promo code, and for a limited time, when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free. You're sleeping even better and cooler too. And you're looking good, feeling good. I knew you would. Visit mypillow.com. And now, Lindell TV brings you The Stone Zone with legendary Republican strategist and political icon and pundit Roger Stone. Stone has served as a senior campaign aide to three Republican presidents. He is a New York Times bestselling author and a longtime friend and advisor of President Donald Roger Trump. Stone. As an outspoken libertarian, Stone has appeared on thousands of broadcasts, spoken at countless venues, and lectured before the prestigious Oxford Political Union and the Cambridge Union Society. Due to his four-plus decades in the political and cultural arena, Stone has become a pop culture icon. And now, here's your host, Roger Stone. Welcome, I'm Roger Stone, and yes, you are now back in the Stone Zone. Joining me today, Jack Posobiec, Senior Editor of Human Events. Human Events, for those of you who don't know, is one of the single most important conservative news outlets 
in the country, but more importantly, has been so for well over 50 years. Human Events was seminal in the rise of Senator Barry Goldwater, uh, the formation of the modern conservative movement, the rise of Ronald Reagan, uh, and of course uh, played a key role in the rise and recognition uh, of uh, President Donald J. Trump. Jack Posobiec uh, does a lively show on Real America's Voice. Uh, he is an outspoken patriot, uh, friend of Stone, uh, and I believe he joins us now in the Stone Zone. Roger, how are you, my friend? It's great to be here on with you. It's great to have you uh, still here doing the show. I see you're in your bow tie. I was in my bow tie on Saturday night when I was with the president and Mr. Gavin Wax at the uh, at the gala there in New York City. Yeah, I, I, I guess my first question is, does Vladimir Zelensky know that you're wearing his sweatshirt today? That's Look, for I'd the like. record, I was doing the green shirt stuff long before Vladimir Zelensky ever decided to, as they say, steal your look. So he stole my look, not the other way around. And then after that, apparently be, because he wanted to uh, you know, get away with stealing my look, he decided to put me on the Ukrainian kill list. Yes, that's right, folks. The real reason that Jack Posobiec finds himself on the Morovaretz Ukrainian kill list is not because of, of Russian propaganda, as they claim. No, it's because of Zelensky's fashion sense, which he stole from me. Uh, let's talk for a moment about the 111th Christmas Gala of the New York Young Republican Club, uh, perhaps the oldest and certainly the most active Young Republican Club in the country. I myself am a former Young Republican National Chairman, serving from 1977 to 1979. I was very honored to be invited Saturday night, but unfortunately, I had already committed myself to be the main speaker uh, at the Lee County, Florida Republican Christmas Party. And well, you know what? Your word is your word and all politics is local. It uh, is so the gala season. I, I, had to, uh, I had to live through you vicariously. The president's re remarks were extraordinary. Uh, this is a really a primo affair, folks. It's black tie, uh, gets about a thousand dignitaries. Uh, who's who of the America First movement was there? Jack, was it uh, any less incredible this year than it was the year before? Well, Roger, I would only say in terms of the scope and scale, of course, uh, last year, an incredible event. You and I were there together. I received uh, the Alan Dulles Award uh, on stage that evening. This year, there was a, a much higher symbolism, I would say, in a sense of the venue, even though we had a fantastic venue last year. But this year, the venue itself was Cipriani's New York, right there on Wall Street. And what people need to understand is that back in 2016, this was the very venue on the stage from which Hillary Clinton declared Trump supporters to be deplorables. Now you fast forward, right, seven years later, and who is in that room? That room is commanded by those same deplorables who have now arrived, the same people who represent the overlooked forgotten man and woman of middle America, of the South, of the Rust Belt, the Rubes, the unsophisticates. And you know what? Now we're the ones who are controlling your room, Hillary Clinton. And so I took that as a symbolism of the fact that her world is decayed and dying, just like her husband, Bill, 
you know, possible, you know, it seems to me like he's following some of the symptoms of a syphilitic patient, but, you know, I wouldn't be able to confirm that, of course, I'm not a doctor. It just seems to me that he's got all the telltale signs. And then uh, also, Roger, the fact that our world is beginning. And of course, President Donald John Trump gracing us with his presence that evening. To me, it felt right there on the eve of 2024, the Iowa caucuses begin in just a few weeks. And I said this the next day on Human Events on my program, that when when Alexander had uh, decided he had consolidated power in around 300 BC, consolidates power, Greece and Atolia, and he decides that he wants to expand his kingdom by invading the Persian Empire, that before the invasion, he holds this great banquet of the Macedonians, where he brings forward all the generals and all the lieutenants, and Achilles is there, and Hephaestus is there, and Ptolemy is there, and everyone is there. And this really was what it felt like the gathering of Alexander and the Macedonians before the march into Persia. Uh, as Vishbur remarked to me afterwards, tonight we dine, tomorrow we march. And Roger, I think you would appreciate as well that the award that the president received that night um, was actually titled the Richard Milhouse Nixon Award, named after one of the most prominent alumnus of uh, prominent alumni of the New York Republican Club, who actually Richard Nixon had been a dues-paying member of the club uh, years in the past. And Gavin Wax made sure that the Nixon Award was presented to President Trump for his work on behalf of the American people. History of the New York Young Republican Club. Former members uh, include Governor Nelson Rockefeller, uh, former Attorney General Herbert Brownell, uh, both John uh, Foster Dulles uh, and his brother Alan Dulles, uh, John Foster Dulles serving as Secretary of State in the Eisenhower administration, Alan Dulles uh, serving as CIA director until he was cashiered uh, by John F. Kennedy, uh, former Governor Thomas E. Dewey, former New York City Mayor John V. Lindsay, uh, New York's greatest mayor in history, uh, Mayor Rudy Giuliani, so there's a storied history beyond Richard Nixon at this club, and I'm kind of crossing my fingers. I'm hoping that perhaps I will get the Nixon Award next year. Uh, hope springs uh, eternal. So well, uh, this be. was incredible. This was an incredible week, Jack. In one week, our mutual friend uh, Owen Schroyer gets sprung from the gulag, uh, and then, thanks to the courageous efforts uh, of Tucker Carlson. Uh, who sits Alex Jones down for one of the most interesting two-hour interviews you can possibly imagine, uh, the great public support for returning Alex Jones to Twitter, now known as X, resulted in his full reinstatement uh, and the reinstatement of InfoWars, both on that important platform. Some people can criticize Elon Musk if they wish to, but I think he has changed the course of history. Uh, one man's bravery, one man's courage, knowing the economic fallout that is likely to result, uh, has completely uh, exposed the deep state and the manipulation uh, of the social media platforms in this country uh, by the government, by those who had uh, an effort to try to cook the last election. This is, to me, uh, extraordinary. When we look back at how America was saved, the reinstatement of Alex Jones to Twitter 
will be seen uh, as a seminal moment in that history. Well, that's right, Roger. And there was a, a political cartoon that an account I follow um, put out in in uh, sort of commemoration of this was really interesting because they, you know, they have um, in, you know, first panel is is uh, Elon Musk versus the ADL and Media Matters and all of these advertiser boycotts and advertiser organizations, the Washington Post coming after him. Uh, and the next panel, Elon says, okay. And the third panel, he he's walking up to a cage and releasing the giant bulldog of Alex Jones, uh, screaming out as he uh, you know erupts from this cage saying, okay, let's play. And uh, it's it's very, very telling that here we are five years. Ago, and I was with Alex the day that he was banned under Twitter 1.0 when Jack Dorsey, people forget this. So so Alex gets banned and I called it a summary digital execution in the digital public square. And Alex Jones was the first person to be taken into the middle of the digital public square and hung in front of everyone for all to see. Now, this was YouTube. He was taken off of YouTube, Facebook. Uh, and pretty much you know, Pinterest, LinkedIn, just any other site that you could think of, um, all except for Twitter at one point in September of 2018. So Jack Dorsey then is testifying before the House Committee um, of Oversight when, uh, when Alex was going through all of this. I go there with Alex. There's a photo of us sitting together where, and he very respectfully waited to ask a question of Dorsey. Uh, his questions were not uh, listened to. Alex then attempts to go question Dorsey later. He um, There's a confrontation with Marco Rubio, uh, Alex and myself, that goes pretty viral after that. And then later, Alex gets into it with Oliver Darcy, who's one of the CNN uh, hall monitor moral policing, moral woke scolds. And because Alex confronts him on live stream, he does not attack him. He does not um, get in. You know, he certainly questions him and he's, he, he talks to him verbally, but he does not assault him physically in any way. And then Elon Musk later, so I'm jumping ahead here five years later, on X and Alex and myself find ourselves on this X space. Uh, which is sort of like a public conference call that anyone who's an ex-user can call into. I'm there. I'm talking to Alex. There's a few other people who are chatting. All of a sudden, Elon Musk himself pops into this space. Now, suddenly, Elon is interviewing Alex, and Alex is interviewing Elon, and I'm there, and it becomes this whole conversation. Patrick Bed-David, the great Patrick Bed-David, calls in, uh, so many others. And Elon reveals at this point, as I'm getting to, that within the Twitter logs, Roger, it actually says that the stated reason for Alex Jones's ban was assaulted a journalist, assaulted a journalist. And I say, well, wait a minute, I was with Alex that day. We Obviously this is on live stream, it's on video. There was no assault that took place whatsoever. Was he mocking the journalist? Sure. Was he insulting him? Yes, and it was very funny. But there was no assault whatsoever. However, this was the recording of history under Twitter 1.0, Jack Dorsey and Vijaya, that Alex Jones assaulted journalists. Just not true, but it doesn't matter because if those people have declared themselves the arbiters of the truth and the arbiters of who is able to speak, then they are able to write the record as it was. Elon comes in, and as you say, I do believe that his efforts for freedom of speech and his efforts for freedom of expression have had uh, reverberating consequences exponentially, not only in 
the the realm of x.com but really within the world because you notice people are speaking a bit more freely people are more willing now to call out wokeness we see the collapse of dei in the ivy league we see the shattering of intersectionality uh, on the Democrat coalition politically, as well in terms of their power structure and certainly in their financial donor structure, uh, all of this going on on the back of Israel. But people are willing to tell the truth now and fight back because it really culminates or really it really was kicked off when Elon purchased that Twitter.com and then changed it to X.com all the way back about one year ago. And you can track all of this momentum back to that moment. And of course, people are calling out Joe Biden. Joe Biden, by the way, finds himself in a in a battle with CARE, the Council on American Islamic Relations, a key component, by the way, of the Democrat turnout machine in many states, in particular, even in the Midwest. Go ask Ilhan Omar about that one or even Mike Lindell. And so you you see all of these things happening roger and i really do track it back to the purchase of x by elon and these decisions he's made uh, i believe you were one of the first accounts that was returned uh, to to x you didn't break any of the rules by the way uh yours was also by the way your ban was regarding a uh, a comment between you and a reporter uh by the name of don lamon another cnn reporter you were taken it was taken down because people did not like that insult which again you did not assault anyone you did not attack anyone you made a comment about a CNN journalist, but this was a protected class under Twitter 1.0. And what Elon Musk has done committed the ultimate sin. And this way, many journalists have fled uh, from X.com to Mark Zuckerberg's platform threads. I think they may be the only people there um, is because he has taken away their protected privileges and their extra privileges that they received under Twitter 1.0 that none of us regular users, us hoi polloi, us deplorables, as Hillary said at Cipriani's, were able to receive. And so I appreciate that from Elon Musk. I laud that. Of course, he restored Donald Trump's accounts. And I will say again, as I as I said that night to the president, I certainly implore him to return to Twitter, return to X, a triumphant return. Uh, that is where so many people are. That is where the conversation is. And I think that will be a necessity driving towards the 2024 general election. And people need to remember that it was Donald Trump all the way back because of his victory in 2016 that put Twitter in the history books to begin with. Donald Trump, you built the House, Mr. President, and I think it's time for you to return to it. Uh, you make an excellent point. If it were not for Elon Musk, we would not know how uh, the information regarding the validity and authenticity of Hunter Biden's laptop was suppressed from the American people. We would not know how the lies of 51 current or former intelligence officers who insisted uh, that the laptops had all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation, a lie repeated by Joe Biden himself in the debates, uh, we would not know about the uh, extraordinary efforts to, to even censor the New York Post when they legitimately uh, posted that information. So 17% of the people tell us in post-election polling, had they known about Hunter Biden's laptop and its contents, they would have voted differently. Uh, it's uh, amazing the we profound know. that Elon has had on history. I would ask for one thing. There's still a Roger Stone on Twitter, on X. If you look up Roger Stone, his profile pops up immediately. Folks, it uh, is not me. If he's yes. promising you a job, 
He's asking you for your financial information. If you're engaging this Roger Stone, whose profile looks identical to mine, because all he does, all this person does is repost everything I post. It is not me. I've reported it multiple times. They, they supposedly take identity theft seriously on X, but it's still there. Not me. Just not me. Uh, but I did want to get that uh, out of the way. We have so much more to talk about here. With Actually, Jack, Roger, uh, before, before we change topics, very quickly, the, the opportunity when I was able to speak with Elon, um, I brought up that very situation of the Hunter Biden laptop and the influence of the FBI on Twitter 1.0 in the 2020 election to him. But I didn't ask him from a perspective of could you provide more information about what happened and how it went down and who were the names and who were the players. I think generally we understand what happened. The FBI leaned on Twitter. They said this is a Russian disinformation campaign. Twitter, Yul Roth, the uh, head of trust and safety at the time, said, OK, I agree with you. And they censored any account that posted the New York Post story by the great Emma Joe Morris, who, by the way, was also at the gala. Um, however, Roger, what I asked him was, well, Mr. Musk, what happens if this happens again in 2024? You know, I'm not interested in relitigating the past. I'm interested in the election that we currently find ourselves in. And so if the FBI says they need you to take down what is essentially legal content that they have determined is or they claim is some sort of Russian or whatever, Chinese, Iranian disinformation campaign, et cetera, and you determine that it's legal content, what would you do? He says then that he would fight it in court, that he would take it to court. He said, I think that's something that should be before a court, before a jury, and we would fight that rather than go and take it down. And he also said that we want more transparency. I said, okay, well, if you're willing to push for transparency, what would, it, what would you be willing to do? He said, if they still force me to try to take it down, I would personally be willing to go to prison myself. All right, we have to go to a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with Joe, Jack Posobiec and so much more. My towels solved a problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wind dry you. That's why I made my towels. They actually work, they're soft, and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of my towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get my towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either way, you save 50% now on all my towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com
looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The my pillow guy. And you're looking good. I'm still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever, my pillow 2.0. When I invented my pillow, it had everything you'd ever want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. My Pillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread. My Pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of My Pillow. The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a My Pillow or not, you need to get the brand new My Pillow 2.0. Call or go to mypillow.com now. Use your promo code and for a limited time when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. Visit MyPillow.com. Folks, uh, please remember to do all of your Christmas shopping at MyPillow.com. Uh, and although you may normally use Jack Posobiec's pa uh, uh, promo code, for the next hour, please use promo code STONE. Jack is one of the most effective marketers, and I know Mike Lindell loves him and appreciates his support, as do we. But you can do all of your Christmas shopping at MyPillow.com. And now, for uh, through the 15th, shipping on your entire order uh, is free. That's right. Your entire order is free. So whether, you, it, is, whether it is the MyPillow dog beds or the pet blankets or the all-season slippers or the men and women's bathrobes or the towel sets or the uh, the famous sheet sets. There are many, many great values at MyPillow.com. Please use promo code STONE. Returning now to the Stone Zone uh, with our special guest, Jack Posobiec. Jack, you have been uh, following uh, and reporting on the presidential contest, some of the best reporting out there, uh, and you've been particularly following the situation in Iowa. I was fairly shocked today to hear that in the Iowa State Capitol, uh, on full display is what appears to be a satanic altar, uh, which is, I think this is an outrageous, disgusting display uh, of evil, of satanic anti-humanism. Uh, why is this being allowed? And here's the obvious question. Where is Governor Kim Reynolds? Where is she? Well, you know, Roger, since I started calling attention to this abject affront of a satanic depiction of the satanic altar, ritual altar that has been put on prominent display in the Iowa State Capitol, a, a depiction of the pagan god um, or the pagan demonic entity, Bamafet, with the... Uh, iconic uh, ram's head the the pentagram star in red uh satanic rituals as well as the satanic verses that you can see and um, if you zoom in it's there along the bottom portion of the altar uh, governor kim reynolds is someone that i have been calling out for uh for the past 24 hours or so now to say why is this allowed in your state capital uh, under the united states constitution the state government is in full control, full control of any and all religious displays on public grounds. Uh, this is clear from the framers' intent. This is clear as the original intent of 
the Bill of Rights as written. And, and of course, if you went to any of the legislators or that ratified our Bill of Rights or any of the states, uh, of course, verily, that ratified the Constitution itself, they would be in complete agreement that it is up to the representatives and, of course, the Supreme Executive representative of the state in terms of the governor to determine which displays are allowed and which are not. These are not, these are not a foul of the First Amendment test because they do not represent a an establishment of religion. In this case, by the way, as well, Roger, the organization that put this together, called they calling themselves the Temple of Satan, do not profess to be a religious organization. They are simply a left-wing atheist group that hates Christianity, hates what Christ stands for, hates everything about uh, believers, true believers, and creates these displays, uh, creates, is going around the country, creating satanic after-school programs in the state of Texas, is challenging the heartbeat bill along religious grounds, even though they themselves admit that they are not a religion. But Roger, Kim Reynolds has been completely silent. However, we did see some, at least or until just a few moments ago, which I'll explain in a second, but we did see some Republican state legislators uh, trying to tell us that this is all part of freedom of speech and freedom of religion, and it represents this sort of do-nothing attitude on these cultural issues that we have come to find from so many uh, establishment conservatives and establishment Republicans. And frankly, Roger, I, I, I just have to say, and I say this as an East Coast guy, I know you're an East Coast guy, you know, I expected, I'm, I've been told my whole life that the Midwest is full of these uh, these devout Christians, these devout Christian leaders, they are part of the Bible Belt, et cetera, et cetera, and that they would never allow something like this so that when I see these Republican leaders in a state like Iowa to allow something like this and not even to challenge the constitutionality of it, to challenge it on the First Amendment grounds that they are trying to find protections on, to take it down and simply uh, declare their rights and exercise their rights under the Tenth Amendment, by the way, uh, it's a complete abdication and a complete lack of leadership, a vacuum of leadership. And so because this has gone viral now, uh, Zero Hedge has weighed in. The Babylon Bee has a headline up uh, saying that uh, saying that Christians are offended by a Democrat statue in uh, the Iowa State Capitol. Kim Reynolds has responded today, Roger, and, and you are going to be so just you're, you're going to be so impressed by her response. It is a a a 424 canon uh, barrage of a photo op that she has decided to respond with a photo op of herself um, and uh, and her family in front of a nativity scene at the Capitol um, and a sort of uh, nonchalant post about respecting freedom of speech and saying that she will stand in the fight against evil. So you see, Roger, it turns out that the great Kim Reynolds at least in this instance, appears to be just another typical Republican who will take a photo, who will post something on Twitter, but will not actually take action in the fight of good versus evil because they have fallen for the deceitful lies of Marxists to twist our words in against us into thinking that we are not allowed to take any action while they tear down our statues of Thomas Jefferson, of George Washington, of Teddy Roosevelt, and put in their place statues to Bamafet and the satanic ritual temples. Yeah, this is profoundly disturbing. Every Christmas season, we hear about the ACLU and others suing localities because they dare to show the nativity scene. They dare mm -hmm. to display the creche. Uh, yet in this case, it doesn't seem like anyone in Iowa, certainly anyone within the Republican establishment, 
seems to have the courage to speak out and do anything about this. Now, let's face it, Kim Reynolds has been overall a disappointment. I mean, I remember begging uh, President Donald Trump for an endorsement when she was in a competitive race for governor, which he graciously uh, agreed to do, appeared with her, was very beneficial. Uh, then initially she said she would remain neutral in the presidential contest. And then, of course, she's gone all in for Ron DeSantis. Personally, uh, because I study the poll numbers, I think that will turn out to be a very, very bad bet. Uh, new polling today showing Donald Trump with the largest lead he has had yet uh, in Iowa. Now, I admit to you, Iowa is a caucus. It's not a primary. It's a slightly different animal. Uh, you have to go to a uh, on a cold night, you have to go to essentially what is a public meeting. You have to stay there. could be for as long as an hour to cast your vote. On the other hand, one thing that is absolutely clear about Trump voters, they are highly motivated. Uh, they, they are highly enthusiastic. Uh, these are not people who are casually for Donald Trump. These are people who are deeply committed to Donald Trump. Uh, and I know the folks in the Trump campaign who are building their turnout mechanism these are some of the best political technicians uh, and mechanics in the Republican Party. The pool of voters uh, for Donald Trump to win the, the uh, Iowa caucuses more than definitely exists. So their job is to get them uh, to the caucuses that evening. I don't think Ron DeSantis uh, has the votes uh, today, uh, and I don't think he's going to get them between now and January 15th to overcome a 30-plus point lead, perhaps more, by President Donald Trump. And Ron DeSantis has to worry about Nikki Haley, who is maybe nipping at his heels, but maybe actually uh, passing him, even as we speak. What do you think? Well, Roger, I, I, I something to me, and, and I would I would defer to your uh, political expertise and, and experience on this, but when I see something like the Des Moines Register, come out and put together a poll and this is the gold standard of iowa polling uh they they have correctly called uh, uh, caucus after caucus in these contentious races both sides of the aisle by the way uh for republican and democrat year in year out this is this is basically their major poll right this is their major poll every four years who is going to win the caucus and to see someone like donald trump see anyone with a commanding lead at over 50 percent it is as you say roger it has now created a situation whereby and there is no consolidation path for any candidate uh let's say there's somehow a a you know a massive surge for christie or a massive surge for ramaswamy or a massive surge for for any of the you know any of the other candidates it simply won't matter because even if they all drop out and if they, if they all get behind nikki haley they all get behind DeSantis, it still will not be enough to carry the caucus because Trump has now reached a threshold of over 50%. And this is why it is so, um, it is so remarkable and so um, just really unprecedented to see someone who is not the incumbent president to receive um, to receive this type of backing. And I would I would go so far as to say that the only way that you can really read this is to see he's polling as if he is the incumbent Republican 
president. That's really the only way that you can explain this, uh, because I think that too many Republicans, too many conservatives, and probably increasingly more centrist and moderates, they do believe that he was robbed of the 2020 election. They do believe that he should be the rightful president. And certainly, even if they don't agree with that, they agree that uh, something was wrong in that election, something was rotten in Denmark, as Shakespeare tells us, and they want this man back in the White House. And so, Roger, I would, you know, and I've, I've by the way, I've reported on the Des Moines um, caucuses, or excuse me, the Iowa caucuses in the past. I've not participated in them, even though Casey DeSantis will tell you that uh, people from outside of Iowa can participate in the caucuses. I would say that that's probably beyond my ken as a Pennsylvanian, um, that I would not participate in those caucuses. But I have reported on them, and those Iowa nights in January are absolutely freezing cold. There is something, Roger, about Iowa cold that is somehow just even more bone piercing than anywhere that I've experienced in the country and I've even been to Alaska. So something about the wind, the humidity, it really, really hits hard in Iowa. And so these are some of the hardiest patriots that you will find anywhere in the country when they go out and participate in these. But that would really be my question to you, Roger, is have you ever seen anyone perform this way in the Des Moines Register that was not an incumbent already? No, I've never, look, I've been uh, through 13 national presidential campaigns. I've been in the political arena 45 years. I've studied a lot of polling. I try to look at the polling with a dispassionate eye. Uh, I study the methodology. Uh, I said on this program that polls can can be rigged. A poll can be rigged to get a desired result by fiddling with the sample size and the way it's drawn, uh, by the wording and order of the questions. What I did not say, but has been attributed to me, is that all polls are rigged. See, this is uh, something coming out of the DeSantis campaign. Oh, Roger Stone admitted that all the polls are rigged. That's not even remotely what I said. If you want to be accurate, don't take any one poll. Take a number of polls uh, with valid methodology that have been conducted within the same relative time period uh, and look for the trend. And if you do that, what you will see is that Donald Trump has a commanding, I think, insurmountable lead uh, in Iowa, not to mention all of the other early states. And now it's a question of making sure uh, that the Trump people get out to the caucuses. More than enough of them exist to dominate the caucuses. Now that it is incumbent on the Trump organization uh, to get those folks out. And I'm highly confident they're building the mechanism to do that. Going back to the satanic uh, altar just for one minute, Jack, has there been any public comment on that from Steve Deese? Has he had anything to say? Uh, I have not checked his account on that personally, so I, I wouldn't see Bob Vanderplatz, though I've seen uh, nothing. He did, of course, share out the um, the uh, the photo op of Governor Reynolds. But there are some of the other um, secondary and tertiary, as we say, DeSantis influencers out there who have spent the day attacking me, claiming that I have no idea what I'm talking about, saying that it's and, and, and even going so far, some of them going so far as to actually blame this on Donald Trump and saying it's his fault that all of this is going on. And uh, of course, just like everything else with them, they have found a way to blame everything on Trump. They will never hold any of their own actual leaders accountable to any of this. And so, you know, certainly when President Trump endorses someone to become the governor the way he did, by the way, I would say in Iowa and Florida uh, and giving them both their positions, Kim Reynolds and 
Ron DeSantis, it then becomes your job to faithfully execute the laws of your state and to protect your people. It's called delegation of authority. So no, it is not Donald Trump's fault that this is going on. It is your fault for not doing your jobs. All right, let's go to the international scene. We've got a couple of back-to-back videos here. I believe based on what I just saw that Joe Biden just gave $200 million more uh, to uh, Zelensky for the war in Ukraine. Let's roll those. Thank you. Before the press, before the press, whoa, 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 hush up a second, okay? I've got one more thing to say. I've just signed another $200 million drawdown for the Department of Defense for Ukraine, and that'll be coming quickly. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that can- Congress needs to pass a supplemental funding for Ukraine before they break uh, the holiday recess, before they give Putin the greatest Christmas gift they could possibly give him. And uh, so because we've seen what happens when dictators don't pay the price for the damage and the death and the destruction they cause, and they keep going when no price is paid. Uh, Jack, what do you make of this? Is uh, If I believe the war propaganda I read in this country, the Ukrainians are kicking the daylights out of the Russians. The Russians are losing this war. Is that accurate? Not accurate. Um, unfortunately for for just anyone who's who's been watching this or anyone who cares about um, just humanity here, when we talked about, you know, the satanic uh, emanations from the Iowa State House. There's nothing more satanic than watching this war and the conduct of it play out. Hundreds of thousands of dead, countless dead, really on both sides. But unfortunately for Ukraine, they have borne the far worse brunt of this of, of the Russian uh, first the offensive and now their successful defense against the Ukrainian counteroffensive. Their really failed counteroffensive, whereby in they decided and Vladimir Zelensky decided to send his his forces headlong into what uh, Russia created, the Kremlin's created meat grinder. Uh, this is something that Russia has excelled at in war after war, particularly even on this region. I've talked in the past before about how the Battle of Bakhmut took place uh, not very far at all away in in terms of distance from where the Battle of Kursk, which was one of the largest tank battles in US or excuse me in in human history took place um, between the Soviet Union and the Germans just a bit to the north and of course the Battle of Stalingrad again uh, not far from this region. So the idea of Zelensky and of course his NATO backers to try another bite at the apple the same way that Hitler and then Napoleon before them, uh, all found out that the Russians, of course, are going to dig in, and they are certainly going to dig in in the wintertime as they are right now. At this point, uh, because Ukraine has been so completely sapped of their military 
mobilization capability. Uh, Roger, they're in demographic decline. They're in a demographic death spiral. They are taking men now in in their 40s and their 50s and conscripting them. And Zelensky, we're told, even said to U.S. senators yesterday that he will begin conscripting men over the age of 40 starting uh, starting soon here in this next this next push at the meat grinder. So Roger, no, Ukraine is currently on the path to becoming a dysfunctional rump state, as John Mearsheimer would say. And Russia, really, it, it depends on how far they want to go, if they want to continue across uh, across the entirety of Ukraine and even take Odessa itself, transforming them into a landlocked country. All right, we're on the Stone Zone with our good friend Jack Basovic, senior editor of Human Events. And we'll be right back on the other side. He's going to tell us his opinion of the epic uh, Ridley Scott movie, Napoleon, and more. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back, the My Pillow guy. And you're looking good. I'm still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever, My Pillow 2.0. Wow, it's so soft and smooth. It's cool to the touch. How did you do that? Well, we took My Pillow's patented fill and combined it with this new technology that we didn't have back then when I invented My Pillow to bring you the best pillow in history, MyPillow 2.0. Just like all of you, I never imagined that MyPillow could get any better. That's why I haven't changed it in nearly 20 years. Then I heard about a revolutionary new technology and I knew I had to bring it to you all. MyPillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of MyPillow. The MyPillow 2.0 is cooler and softer than the last MyPillow. It is so comfortable to sleep on at night. I look forward to going to bed and I wake up well rested in the morning. Sleep is all about temperature and height. MyPillow 2.0's patented adjustable fill is gonna give you the exact individual support you need from your head to your bed. And now here's where it gets even better. We've all experienced those temperature-related sleep interruptions where you get too hot, you toss and turn, you flip your pillow over to the cool side, well, all that's gone with my brand new MyPillow 2.0 cooling fabric that's made with temperature-regulating thread. The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a MyPillow or not, you need to get the brand new MyPillow 2.0. Call or go to MyPillow.com now. Use your promo code, and for a limited time when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. Visit MyPillow.com. My solved a problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wouldn't dry you. That's why I made my towels. They actually work, they're soft, and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of my towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. 
This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get my towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either way, you save 50% now on all my towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com We're here with my guest, Jack Posobiec, uh, who had quite a bit to say online about Ridley Scott's epic new movie, Napoleon. Jack, uh, what did you think of the film? A disservice to Napoleon and really all the veterans of the Napoleonic Wars. Of course, people uh, don't realize that actually Roger Stone and one of his many time travel escapades fought in the Napoleonic Wars. I believe you were in the Battle of Austerlitz, if I remember correctly, Roger. And uh, this film just took someone who it was a world historic figure like Napoleon and uh, like him or lump him. Uh, what it did was essentially diminish him, diminish his accomplishments, diminish his influence on world events, try to reduce him into a curmudgeon who was henpecked uh, by his cheating wife and therefore decided to take out his anger on eventually uh, the, the French people and then other peoples of Europe. This is why he invades Egypt. It is why he invades Russia. There's no explanation whatsoever of the grand military strategies, the grand designs of Napoleon. And instead, he's he's turned into a very nihilistic and decrepit figure, one by, it, one by which would not inspire any uh, backing or following of the French people. And this is why, so there's that famous scene in the in the great movie Waterloo from 1970, which I, I, I highly recommend in place of this, uh, of course, and, and taken directly from history where Napoleon is, uh, is, is, he's escaped from exile the first time he's returning to uh, France. He's on the march to Paris. He wants to knock off the puppet king of the Bourbons who has been appointed there by the British. And uh, the soldiers that are then sent out by the puppet king to arrest him are actually his own his own former soldiers of the fifth regiment. And he addresses them, calling out soldiers of the fifth. You fought with me across the world. I now ask you, do you recognize me? And if so, will who will be the first man to arrest his emperor? If you arrest me, arrest me now. Here I am. Arrest me. Uh, the soldiers then throw down their their uh, rifles and they cheer. Uh, Viva la emperor. Viva la emperor. And yet in this film, the way they've depicted or Ridley Scott has chosen to depict Napoleon is is so cynical that it makes no sense as to why anyone would back this man because he's depicted as essentially an incel, a, a deficient, morally decrepit loser. The film does has no ex it's constantly jumping, by the way, from scene to or, uh, you know, sequence to sequence. There's no explanation of why anything's happening. It's like we reading a really dry Wikipedia article about the man. And at the end, you walk away not even being interested in the conduct of the Battle of Waterloo. You just want the whole thing to be over. It's bland, it's drab, it's gray. Joaquin Phoenix's performance, who I usually am a massive fan of Joaquin Phoenix, whether in class Gladiator or his his, uh, his heel turn in Joker. Um, I was I felt it was a big disappointment, Roger. Big disappointment. Is that when he returned from Elba, 
he landed in Marseille uh, with a force of th fewer than 300 men. They marched uh, on France, they marched on Paris, and by the, the, by the time he got there, he had amassed an army of over 50,000 men. Uh, as Jack and I have discussed, of course, Napoleon Bonaparte was not French. He was Corsican. That means he was actually Italian because Corsica was owned by the Italians at the time of his birth. Uh, the first language Napoleon spoke was Italian. He didn't learn to speak French uh, until actually his late teens. Uh, only an Italian uh, could conquer half the world. They reduced him to a cock in this movie. The costumes yeah. were great. Some of the battlefield, uh, the battle scenes were great, but the entire movie had this weird, like off blue tint. It's, it's like very blue gray, very drab, very gray. It's it's not interesting. In fact, actually, a lot of so it was said online that the behind the scenes images were much more colorful and much more interesting than the actual film itself. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, a very interesting question, a conversation between you and uh, Alex Jones. We're going to play it right now because you speculate about the biggest thing on my mind. Are we heading to war with Russia and China? Let's roll it. You walked through it and described how they'd roll it out. And the hair on the back of my neck this weekend, when it went from Biden to the Secretary of State to the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs to the to all of them, word for word, what you said, did you get intel or from your deep understanding? How did you nail this? Talk about 4D chess, you nailed it. Because even I wouldn't think full direct war with Russia and threatening US troops fighting Russia, that is World War III, folks. I wouldn't think they'd even be that bold. How the hell did you come up with that? Look, Alex, it's great to be back here on InfoWars. If I remember correctly, we did that. It was right about the end of September when I last uh, came on here and I made that prediction. And as I say, it wasn't just a prediction. That was based on things that I'm hearing because, look, I serve in the U.S. military, served in the intelligence community. I still know people that serve in the intelligence community. People reach out to me, and every day we put the stories up, humanevents.com. We've got the stories up 2 p.m. Eastern every day on the Human Events Show. But, but Alex, when I came on here because – this, this is not just a story. This is not just something that I'm looking for credit. This is something that we need to prevent. This is something that we need. And when you and I spoke to Elon Musk uh, recently, we know that he has thought about this and spoken out against this as well. By the way, let me just so interrupt you. Then I'm going to shut up and skip the break. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to skip the break. I'm going to give you the floor. In the next 15 minutes, I'm going to shut up. But it, exactly, this is not about credit. The reason I came on here and built this up is you called it. People better listen to you now because it's actually happening now. Sorry, go ahead. No, Alex, I want to be wrong. I would love, I would love to be debunked. I would love to be proven completely wrong on this, and I will wear egg on my sleeve for the rest of my life because I don't want this to happen. I don't want my two little boys to be sent over to have to fight Russia or any, anywhere in the world to go up against this. This would be the end of our world as we know it. But, but Alex... When I talk to people in the intel community, when I talk to people in there, they tell me all the time, they say, no, Russia is just this backwards power. Russia, we don't have to worry about them. They think it's like the 1990s still and the U.S. can go in. Look, this is not Iraq. This is not Libya. This, these are not, you know, the, yeah, the sand magicians that we can just go in and start ground pounding all over. This is a serious military. They have the largest nuclear arsenal on the planet. All right, we have about two minutes left. Jack, why don't you put the coda on that? We'll let you have the last word. 
look, Roger, we face serious implications with this escalation in Ukraine vis-a-vis the Russian state. Uh, Lloyd Austin has said this. Even Joe Biden has said this. And so when when people say, oh, Jack Posobiec is, you know, making things up again, I'm quoting you. Lloyd Austin went to those lawmakers. This was confirmed by Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer uh, uh, yesterday on my program, Human Events, that he talked to people in the room that said that Lloyd Austin definitively threatened to send uh, the sons and daughters of those lawmakers to Ukraine to fight Russia, to fight Russia if they did not support the aid package to Ukraine. And now we find come to find today that President Biden has transferred $200 million, a direct military drawdown from U.S. military stockpiles direct to Ukraine. That $200 million, that's not authorized by Congress. He took that directly from the U.S. military and transferred it directly to Ukraine. And so if people think that this thing is winding down, I disagree because we're hearing more and more they are seeding the narrative for direct NATO involvement. That means American involvement against Russian forces. That's very clear to me. We're depleting our own military stockpile, so it'll be very tough for us to fend off an attack by, let's say, oh, I don't know, the communist Chinese who just uh, initiated a successful cyber attack against our infrastructure. Let me help thank my special guest, Jack Posobiec, senior editor at Human Events. Always great to have you with us, Jack. God bless you and Godspeed. And folks, we'll see you on the Stone Zone tomorrow. This is Roger Stone. You know, Winston Churchill loved a good cigar. So did Jack Kennedy, Mark Twain, and other notables. Whether you're an occasional cigar smoker or a regular cigar smoker, you need to know about My Patriot Cigars. These are premium handmade cigars out of Nicaragua made with 100% long filler tobacco aged at least three years to give you the best possible smoke. Go to MyPatriotCigars.com and use promo code STONE and you get 15% off. There's also free shipping for orders over $100. Every box of cigars comes with a $10 e-gift card for your next purchase. Yes, it's a premium smoke for freedom-loving patriots. Go to MyPatriotCigars.com and don't forget to use the promo code STONE.